You're listening to War for Idiots, a podcast by idiots for idiots. Did you just say, do you want to do that thing where we talk? Do you want to talk? That's, that's kind of what we do. Do we talk now? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can talk now. So, um, recording stuff. The uh, I thought of a I thought of a joke the other day. Gosh. Yeah. It involves Willie Nelson. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I don't think Do I should, not I'm tell not going to say You it. will not tell that Willie Nelson joke. You are the worst Willie Nelson. Can you name one Willie Nelson song? Yeah. Name one. Uh, the Highway Man one. These things were you the cannot. No, I can't name one either. I can't name one. I don't understand uh, why. He's so on funny. the Road Again? I don't think that's Willie Nelson. I think that's Willie Nelson. Back on the road again. Can any Texans please write into the show? No, I don't even know. All right, are Texas. you recording? Can we start this now? Yes, Freezing. Can. Please do it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, podcast listeners from around the world, both hemispheres and the third one, hello and welcome back to another episode of War for Idiots, WFI. Whiskey Foxtrot India, hello Mick, how are you? I'm good, yourself? I'm excellent. So as you know, we are your host, I am Rich the Fool. Yeah. (laughs) And you are... Mick the... What have I got down here? Oh, I'm the imbecile. Oh, that's Today really nice. Thanks. And we are indeed the idiots you've been looking for. And Mick cannot read <laughs> the thing that I work so hard to do. And today we are doing <laughs> our first pop culture review based on Warfare, which is our movie review on Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, and I'm very much looking forward to it. I am looking forward to it as well. But just before we start getting into... The movie and anyone uh, who wants to start watching the movie while we're talking it's kind of weird but for those vets who listen to the show and may have a few memories of war it, trigger warning for this movie the opening sequence uh, is quite gruesome and then the next 60 minutes of the film is quite boring so just fast forward through the opening credits so who are we well we are the bonnie and clyde of war uh except that we do not rob from the rich uh, and, and sometimes we give to the poor. I'm not sure if that's actually what Bonnie and Clyde did. I think they wore dresses. Well, Which one was the guy? Clyde? Yeah. Okay. Well, so, I'm obviously Clyde and you're Bonnie. Hey. And remember, uh, Bonnie and I are here today. Uh, you know Clyde to, died first. We're here to talk about war. Uh, but we're here to talk about it at an accessible level. We're not discounting the significance of war by any means. Uh, we're trying to make it a little bit more approachable. And today... We are looking at war through pop culture, and that is a classic, well, it's not a classic, I suppose, it just got released this year, a Hollywood movie, Hacksaw Ridge. Well, it only got a couple of Oscars, it's got six nominations, but can I just say, Rich, how good it is to be in our outdoor studio? We are doing this from our outdoor studio. Uh, I would have a guess that it is about minus 15 degrees, because I am freezing at the moment. But if you hear any birds or anything, a cockatoo is coming straight, if you hear any birds or anything, that cockatoo was coming straight for us. It's... It's kind of murderous. If you're inviting its friends. If you are listening from around the world, we are recording this while surrounded by cockatoos. That is how Australian we are. I'm going to get a photo on my phone. Yeah, put that up. That'll be good. Okay, so let's start today's episode with a quote. Um, This quote is from a young chap uh, called William Hazlitt. Have you heard of old Billy Haz before there, Mick? No, but I... Well, I have. I've heard his nickname... Uh, Be Hizzle. Be my Dizzle. So um, he is an English writer, drama, and a literary critic. Um, he is now considered one of the greatest critics and essayists in the history of the English language, which is uh, quite interesting. Now, he said, and I say bring it on. I say bring it on. And he said, and I quote, There is no one thoroughly despicable. We cannot descend much lower than an idiot. 
and an idiot has some advantages over a wise man. Do you think idiots have advantages over wise men? Yes, yes, I think they do. Because <laughs> idiots tend to be listened to a lot more. Uh, Mick is so distracted by a soundboard. I'm not, I can't even get it working. <laughs> so it's just, we don't need it. We're outside. There'll be birds flying around. Sounds will be happening everywhere. Okay, Mick, what are we here to talk about today? We are here to talk about Hacksaw Ridge, which is a movie. It's also oh, thanks, a location. Thanks for, thanks for that input. <laughs> I'm telling the audience, not you. I understand you've watched the film. Um, but for the audience out there that may or may not have heard about, it's a uh, movie set in the Central Pacific campaign of World War II mm-hmm. and based on the life of, well, the actions of a medic and uh, his life before the war. Uh, and it takes place uh, the in the US and also in Okinawa, Japan. Alrighty, so we're looking. It's a 2016 classed as a biography, drama, history. I, ironically, it doesn't say it's an action. Would you would you say action or I don't know? I think action has to be thrown. Well, in there Vince somewhere. Vaughn uses a machine gun. So Vince Vaughn's awesome. We're going to talk about that. So directed by Mel Gibson. Okay, uh, written by Robert Shenkan, who wrote The Quiet American, 2002, and also written by Andrew Knight, who was the writer of Water Diviner of 2014. Oh, nice, good film. So it tells the story of World War II American Army medic Desmond T. Doss, Desi D, Double D, Double D. Well, uh, let's give him a different nickname. Okay, he served during the Battle of Okinawa. However, he refused to kill people. And he becomes the first man in American history to receive a Medal of Honor without having ever fired a shot. Did you hear that? <laughs> that cockatoo was about that to swoop us. That was awesome. Did cockatoo swoop? So it stars Andrew Garfield. Of course, he was the uh, Spider-Man in the recent, well, not most recent, second recent Spider-Man reboot. The Amazing Spider-Man and then Spider-Man 2. He also invented Facebook. Uh, I don't think that was him. Um, it also stars Sam Worthington, who was in that horrible movie Avatar. It's a brilliant film. Horrible movie like, Avatar. Oh and also Clash of the Titans. Okay, that was a horrible film. Correct, I agree with that. Agree He's with actually that. done some... He also was uh, the Terminator uh, uh, Yeah, that was pretty guy. good. That the was pretty the good. non-Christian Bale guy. And a surprising breakout performance for a sort of action drama from Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn, amazing. Now, not too many people know Vince Vaughn. As an action, <laughs> as an action guy, and like we saw Who him this in big guy. I've never seen him before. We saw him in True Detective Two play a serious mm. role, and people were like, "Wow, that was good." That um, was good. But yeah, he plays the grizzled drill sergeant. But funnily enough, there are still moments where he cannot it, not be funny. Yeah, that's right. He has to be Vince Vaughn. I, so, like, my theory of Vince Vaughn is in every movie, his character is Vince Vaughn. Like, he's, yeah. Vin, he's just Vince Vaughn in every movie, yeah. and even in this, he's like Vince Vaughn, but having been in the army for a little bit he's still a little bit funny I've also got another actor I want to um, give a shout out to because I imagine he'll pretty soon be a don't worry I'm recording I just just want to make sure Um, you're recording is uh, Faras Durrani he was uh, in Underbelly the Golden Mile who who was he in the movie and he's in uh, he's some guy just gets shot and uh, (laughs) (laughs) he was also he was also uh, on TV in House Husbands the reason uh, why I'm giving a shout out to him I think he's a great actor he's Australian and there are a lot of Australian actors in this movie because he was shot in Australia yeah so, ergo. <laughs> so, by saying that, you've just broken the fourth wall and people won't believe that it was shot in World War Two <laughs> In Okinawa, Japan. Oh, uh, Mick. What are your thoughts about this movie? What did you do? Did you like it? What are your initial thoughts? So, not always the biggest war films fan. Especially 
not the biggest violent film fan when it comes to watching a film by Mel Gibson because he's known Passions. for his gore. Man, Passions I still Christ. remember seeing Passions, and he's, I was. Oh. He's also known for his um. Did they do a sequel? Religious overtones as well, and there was religious overtones in Passions. Not sure if you missed it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I was, I was actually expecting a very gruesome, um, yep. preachy kind of movie, and I was happily surprised that it wasn't as gruesome as I expected. It's still war, though. Um, and also, the religious overtones, he kept it to discussing the character's morals, and it wasn't a moralistic lesson towards the audience. Yeah. It was a almost like a debate about different viewpoints yeah. from the same religion. Okay, well, that's sort interesting. Of. Sort of. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm still on the fence about this movie, and, I, and I'll come to the decision whether I liked it or not. But that's cool whether I liked it or not at the end. Um, but I was... Generally, the way I feel about it right now is I'm a bit disappointed. And, and I'm a bit disappointed... I know, sorry, Mel. I'm a even, bit, the cockatoo even the cockatoo doesn't, doesn't agree. I'm a bit disappointed because I think I built it too much in my head. Like, uh, I heard the story, hey, there's this guy, he won a Medal of Honor, but he never actually fired a shot. He was a medic. Um, and, I, and I, like, watched a documentary on, um, on Desmond Doss. I watched heaps of documentaries on him I read heaps about him and I got super excited about it and I just think I built the movie a little bit too much in my head you know what I mean that when I started to watch it I was a bit like oh hurry up get to the get to where you did your thing for your medal get to that get to that get to that and then they got to that and it was just like a little a, a little sprinkling at the end there I, I do uh, I did find interesting that Mel Gibson directed it I agree it wasn't as gruesome as I thought it was going to be yeah but for me the religious overtones um, you can go over the top I think he went under the top but there was so much of it that I, I felt like it was over the top if that kind of makes yeah, sense yeah and I get what you mean so look good movie I'm in, I enjoyed it probably set myself up for uh, for disaster because I built it up too much and, and I thought you know this was going to be the greatest thing I've ever seen wasn't really the greatest thing I've ever seen but still a lot a lot of good things to talk about it speaking about the greatest thing you've ever seen yeah awkward segue to sponsor insert sponsor's name and yeah so I think that sponsor is probably one of the greatest things we'll ever see in modern times I think he defines or, or she defines the new word that we should make up instead of using sponsor what are we going to use I don't know let's call him our <laughs> benefactor <laughs> and we are your beneficiary okay so the movie starts off with a young Desmond Doss um, going through oh no it starts off him as a boy having a fight with his brother and then flipping to what I can only describe as serial killer mode where he then gets a brick and then hits his brother in the head with a brick. So have you seen the movie Ender's Game? No, I have not. It's kind of like that where the kid's getting picked on by bullies. Yeah. And uh, I say this because I just am listening to the audiobook at the moment. I was listening on the drive over here. And uh, instead of just, just defending himself from the bully once he beats the bully in a fight, he yeah. then goes on to beat... The living daylights out of that bully, yeah, to win every subsequent battle after that. And I thought about that when, when, oh, really? when, when, when DTD—that's his new nickname, yep. not as offensive—DTD picks up the brick and goes bananas. Just, just went full Dexter on him. It, oh, it, Dexter! It was, it was a bit strange, good dude. Um, and then obviously after he hits him with the brick, he he goes and looks at this poster where he, he talks about uh, when. Abel killed Cain. Cain killed Abel. I'm not really sure. Cain killed Abel. And then sort of pondered, I could have killed my brother. I will never kill again. And it was a bit 
it was just a bit too simplistic for me, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, what they don't show, and they, they kind of hint at it, is that they come from a religious family. They go to yeah. church. Yeah. They're Seventh-day Adventists for those people that are interested in what type of denomination of Christianity yeah. they're from. But also, what they do go into in the movie is that their, their father went to France with the American yeah. expeditionary force, fought in Below Wood. I think that's right. If not, someone send me someone an email. Someone from send an email. I'll delete it. Um, and uh, and he's troubled and he's violent yeah. and he's a drunk. So it's that clash. But they, yeah. It's a lot of things. We'll, 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 I'm going to talk about the dad in a minute. But, you know, in the first, I think it's in the first 10 minutes of the movie, It, I think Mel Gibson is, is I really felt he felt like he had to apply the movie to the lowest common denominator. Like, we, oh, had to yeah. be, we had to be like, he hits him with the rock. He thinks he almost killed his brother. That's just like the Bible. He learns to be like the Bible. And then we're like, 15 years later, he saves a man. Wow, he's going to become a medic. One year later, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it, was, it was a little bit like, one plus one is two. You know, it was yeah, just we, we don't actually know if these things happen because most people only really know about what happened in the well, war. Well, so, well you do. Because so, you, you I watched all the document, you, documentaries, you pre-searched right? the hell I out of this. The, so I can tell you right now that the, the, the thing that when they say to Desmond why in real life in reality why did you not want to kill anyone it was purely because of his religion yeah and when they talked to his sister and his brother they said Desmond would just spend hours looking at that poster of Abel and Cain and just questioning why would you kill another man why would you kill another man and that was it there was no really? yeah there was no revelation there was no they don't one... even mention he's got a sister in the movie exactly there, there was no revelation or anything like that and I think that's a much more interesting story I think from a Mel Gibson perspective he should have just focused on this guy is just so devout Not, I think for some audiences know, though filmmakers are kind of stuck in this moment if you remember when we did our um, our film classes yeah. back in our undergrad which was amazing like, yeah and like 16 17 years ago man I had a Kevin Costner obsession back then um, but it's that Robert De Niro effect sometimes with audiences you got to tell them what you're going to do three times then you yeah, show it three times yeah. and then afterwards you told them what just happened three times and, and that's what made me fall in love with the Desmond um, Doss story was that this guy was a religious nut I mean, I mean realistically he, he was a religious nut and yeah. in a good way and that's what made me love the story like yeah so maybe nuts not the right maybe just say devout but he was because I don't want to say devout religious people are nuts I, I, yeah. I think you know that's what I'm saying well it's so, kind of like, like it's kind of like the stories of people that win VCs and medals of honours you kind of say oh they're a bit nutty you know what I mean it's kind of the same as this story uh, okay, yeah. he was uh, a, I mean he's got a strong moral backbone ex- exactly and and the strong moral backbone wasn't that the Japanese try and shoot him in correct and it wasn't hollow and it wasn't based off one incident that changed his life it was just him and I, yeah. I find that dynamic way more interesting than, and it's more human isn't it it's not one incident that yeah, changed this man it, 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 it was tru- his belief system so it truly made him remarkable so as you said you know Mel had to sort of apply this formula for everyone to understand I think it was a bit hollow now um, Garfield not the cat uh, Andrew Garfield. It's not even a Monday, but I hate them. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield, the so, guy who invented Facebook. How did he? How do you think he went portraying this Desmond character? Now, when I watched the video of Desmond Doss getting his Medal of Honor, and I heard his speech, bit of a weirdo. <laughs> like he was a bit of a weird guy. You know, from the south, had that cool accent. Yeah. Um, did, and like in in for those guys in America in Australia, it's really hard to understand how Virginia's in the south because it's kind of like for us, it looks like it's in the middle. I know Virginia's. But how do you think? How do you think he went? I, I um, so at the end of the movie where they showed the snippets of the interviews with Desmond yeah. and they also show him getting his Medal of Honor. Um, so I found Andrew Garfield really awkward throughout the whole film, and I was and I thought 
And I'm not a religious person, but I thought, is this just a way to make him seem different from everyone else because he's religious and yeah. not as well educated yeah. theoretically? But I don't know if theoretically is the right word. But at, after watching the clips of Desmond Doss, it kind of looks like Andrew Garfield may have watched a lot of footage of this guy and yeah. tried to pick up his mannerisms and tics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I think he did a good job. Um, I completely agree with you. The whole time I was like, was Desmond on the spectrum? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and is Andrew is Andrew Garfield trying to be like a a, a smarter Forrest Gump? That's yeah, I was kind of yeah, like, yeah. you know, is he is he trying to be this character? But you're right, and it doesn't help that I think this Desmond uh, Desmond Doss in real life was a, was a bit strange and, and self self admitted. Yeah, I mean, by the time most people started interviewing him, that he um, yeah he, he didn't want to be ninety percent disability pension exactly. for, and then a hundred percent disability pension exactly. like the war experience he got three purple hearts so he was definitely affected from the war yep. so without um andy g's opportunity to see him pre-war yeah a, a lot of those might be post-war effects exactly exactly so look the the movie good uh then we get to the war scene and this is where it started to to resonate with me the the whole preamble, as you said, the first sort of hour-ish, I found pretty boring, pretty mundane. Uh, I watched it with my wife. She said, you, you probably, you know, you, you could have montaged this you know, quite easily. <laughs> like, she, it was quite well, funny. Everything's better with a montage. We don't have montage. a montage. We'll do a montage. To me, the, the the movie really started when the debate about going to war happened with his father. So, background, his father was a World War One vet. I'm not sure if that was in reality or not. Uh, it doesn't matter. The dynamic was interesting. Um, yeah. And the quote that I got, uh, when he said that he was going to war, and his father said, "You think this war is going to fit, uh, going to fit in with you and your ideas," which I which I just thought was really fascinating when you think about the motivations to go to war. Where yeah. the father came, and the father came from a very different war than the one that um that that Desmond would eventually go on to. You know, World War One versus World War Two. Carnage yeah. mayhem is still there, but you can imagine the desperation in, in his father's sort of eyes when he sees his two sons. You know, yeah, let's, yeah. let's say the movie was just true. His two sons are signing up for something that they think is going to be glorious, but he knows the truth. It's going to be uh, horrific. And I think it, it comes to light when, you know, we're talking... The, the reason it's called Hacksaw Ridge um, is because it's the Maeda escarpment in Okinawa, and it was just churning people and bodies up yep. so Desmond's father in the movie you know, tells him you know you think this is different you think it, war's going to be like this but I'll tell you what war is and he kind of talks about things that don't really change in yeah, war yeah, yeah. it is a bloody brutal affair of the worst of humanity exactly and you know you go through this um, so in the movie uh, they, they do this court scene where they're going to court martial him because he refuses to touch a weapon he's going to face jail time the truth is they did try to court martial him I don't know if it was as dramatic as they pointed out like he was going to get court time he was going to get jail time if, if he was found guilty and all that sorts of stuff mm. um, and, and the one line that I remember uh, him saying in it which I think they should have really focused on a lot more was when they said why do you want to go why, why do you want to go to this war and he said because of what happened at Pearl Harbor. Because yeah, he took I, it personally. I took it personally when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor. And I, and I think that's a part of the movie that they they should have focused on because to me, that's fascinating. And it took a long time to come out. It took, it took so long to come out. And he only said it once. He just mentioned Pearl Harbor once. But I think, you know, Americans, and Americans tell us if this is true, there's such a patriotism there that exists that, that's hard for people outside of America to understand that if they come and attack, and I suppose 9-11 is a perfect example, a, a more recent one, the Japanese come to attack, you know, people took it personally and, and yeah. that motivated them for war and and, and that, to me that answers the question perfectly 
you have your religious belief that you can't kill people, but you still want to go to war. You to can do, still serve. You can still serve. And, you know, as he says it, he he wasn't a conscious objector, which is the term... Conscientious objector. Conscientious yeah. objector. He was conscious. He was conscious throughout the whole... F- oh, no. Uh, yeah, no, he was. For, yeah. Except he was, for the grenade. He was a conscientious... Uh, conscientious... I can't even say the word. Conscientious? There's some kangaroos down there. That's Cooperator, cool. which I think was great. Um, so, look, I think they could have touched on that idea. I think it would have been a lot more deep and interesting, but I also think that I'm trying to get a lot more out of this movie than what the sort of average ticket goer that just wants to see yeah, blood and so. violence. I think a group of kangaroos that we can sort of see down there is a actually gang. called a mob. Is it a, a mob? Gang? No, it's a mob. mob. It's right, a mob, it's a mob. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, on that, he also talks about how people in the US were reacting who failed to pass the medicals to yeah, sign up he did, you know, didn't a he? couple of suicides in his hometown it's horrific um, I think there's, as you said about that cultural understanding that that is a subtle well understood point in the US it's yep. not as subtle everywhere else and it goes further into when they go to Okinawa they they don't show you any anything else from Desmond's experience of the war, except for the Hacksaw Okinawa, Ridge you're right. and, and Okinawa, and, and he reality, was also in Leyte Gulf. He, he was in. He started in Guam, then yep. Leyte, then Okinawa. And by yeah. the time he got to Okinawa, he was already godlike to everyone. Like everyone yeah. was already like, "This guy saves our lives." Yeah. So. so it it and and so it's kind of false in the sense that when they first get to Hacksaw Ridge, people still look at him like he's a bit of a goose, yeah. and, including Private Idiot. Private idiot. Yeah, I forgot about private idiot. Private idiot. idiot. Who cool ends up that? being his best friend. That's one of the only notes I took. <laughs> yep. The um, best part about private idiot. Okay, let's get to the war scene. Yeah. Uh, the best part was when private idiot picked up a dead body, used it as a shield, and then ran forward and just shot, I think, about a million Japanese from the hip. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was like a torso. There was no legs. So <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. Like, two of the biggest muscles are missing. And this this really highlights to me one of the one of the things that I I disliked about this movie, and it was the war scenes, because and and I, some of the parts of the war scenes were just annoyingly unrealistic and like a heavy sprinkling of Hollywood, where yeah. where you get movies. Uh, help me if you think of one where they do war scenes very well and, and you know you can almost feel what are they, uh, like John Wick for example okay not a war scene but you can tell that he has had lots of training and weapons and, and he authentically uses them have you them. seen that YouTube clip of him on the range yeah it's amazing yeah. where he karate chops a guy and then starts shooting a shotgun yeah amazing but so I haven't seen pri- John private Wick. idiot picking up a dead body and shooting everyone uh, not not great uh, there was a lot of grenade pins being pulled with mouths now that is like my pet hate in war movies you might be able to tell me this although I should probably know this from my background but and listeners please um, let me know the mortars hitting the fuse of the mortar on your helmet and then throwing it yeah, that 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 is one hundred percent feasible because that's what they did in Saving Private Ryan as well. Ah, <laughs> no, I'm I'm, I'm sold. <laughs> I don't um, know. I don't know. I don't know. But they did it as well. Because I'm uh, guessing the the fuse, because the the point detonating fuse still usually takes a bit of time to travel. Yeah. Um, if if my mate Johnny A is listening to this, and it's not Johnny A who I'm in classes with at the moment, you're not even my mate, but Johnny A who's listening to this. You know a lot about ammunition. Give me a call. I'll, I'm really curious about whether or not the fuse would have set back or not by the yeah. time you're throwing it. Anyway. Hashtag fuse question. Fuse question. <laughs> Hashtag fuse question. Don't use the question mark. Hey, should we talk about some of our favorite scenes? Okay. So the the one... I'm going to talk about a scene I didn't like. Um, 
and that is that's the unfavorite scenes. Yeah. No, no, no. Sorry. Okay. Favorite scenes. My favorite scene was when he starts to lower the guys off the cliff because I knew that this was the the, the the crescendo moment. You know what I mean? That he lowers seventy five guys from this cliff, uh, and he uses a rope knot that he got taught in basic training and then like you know he does the rope knot in basic training he gets his butt kicked he gets his butt kicked for what are you going to ever use this for and he's like I need to lower the guy that kicked his butt I need to use this rope and I was just like come on Mel this is a bit too one plus one equals two but that was my favourite scene because Robert De Niro effect because it was you know know why it was my favourite scene because it was a montage like the montage of him saving guys lowering down saving guys lowering down well at the same time watching it so it, it it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed that scene. Uh, two scenes I didn't enjoy. I didn't really enjoy the Japanese going going into the Japanese cave scene. I thought that was just a bit of a oh, okay, it's dark, get it? Okay, yeah, Japanese fighter, you heal him, he loves you now, got it. Didn't enjoy that scene. Didn't yeah. enjoy the awkward pre-sex scene that him and Molly. I'm had. not even sure what pre-sex is, but I don't want to know. She just stood there in a 1940s uh, undergarment, which covered her sleeves entirely. Which I think in these days would probably call a dress. In a dress, and then they just kissed, and I was like, "Okay, we get it. After you get married, you have sex. We don't need this 10-second scene to solidify that for us." And again, Mel Gibson, I think, making it a bit too simple. See, I made a cup of tea, missed the married bit. Yeah, okay. And then was like, whoa, what are you doing? This is against your morals. You might, you might as well just pick up a weapon and start shooting now. Okay, favourite scenes, Mick? Um, so one of my favourite scenes, and this is purely because I've visited the US and found this out to be true, that as soon as he gets to an American base, a heap of planes just fly over the top of the base randomly. Mm, mm. Yet my That's experience true. of American military bases is that actually happens every time I go there. So whether or not it's me, whether or not it's NDG, it just happens. Yep. Um, another one was I loved the naval gunfire support from the ships. Yep. Didn't enjoy it landing. Okay. Because blast effects, and for those listeners that don't know too much about explosives, there's actually not a whole heap of fire there's a lot of heat yeah, yeah, and yeah, pressure, sure, gotcha. but you don't see a whole heap of flames. Yeah. Now, I understand it's Hollywood, and just showing a whole heap of invisible waves is probably difficult. I don't know. Yep. Um, it's probably you know the reason you use a horse to portray a cow and a cow to portray a dog. Um, yep. That's a Simpsons reference. But yep. Classic Simpsons. I did I did like the, the view from the ships, just because it's cool. I think they were maybe 16, 16 inches. Someone write in, let us know what calibre they were, because I didn't really do the research. I enjoyed the... Showing the bonsai attacks. Yeah, I was about to say, I, I really enjoyed that. And I think that has... Because for those listeners, we've just studied we the just Central studied Pacific. It. Yeah, that's right. And so for us, just going through and reading about it, you're sitting there just going, these guys are mental. Yeah, yeah. But but with a purpose. With a purpose. And and it worked. It threw the Americans off the ridge. Exactly. And, and I, you know, I was watching with my wife and she's like, why are they doing it? And I explained the background of, you know, the bonsai and, and the mass and, and you know, it, it, it contextualized it and it made a lot more sense. It was, it's not an attack with little trees, if that's what people That's want. right. No I, no, I agree with you. That was a really, um, really good scene. Now, look, and then the movie culminates. Wait, before we talk about culmination, let's talk about Vince Vaughn. You already talked about the awkward scene. But Vince yeah. Vaughn was... <laughs> Awesome. He was amazing. He was amazing. So he does the classic uh, basic training. Rewind a bit. He does the classic basic training, goes through. By the way, in that basic training, is there a stereotype they did not cover? That guy's Tex. Tex has a lasso. Yeah, that, guy, that, that guy's grease ball. He he's is from Italian. New York. Yeah, yeah, it was every stereotype. Oh, yeah. And the, the, the short um, guy that he says, if you're American, you'd be taller. Yeah, that's yeah. Faraz Durrani, the Australian guy. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. But um, that was funny. And Vince Vaughn does the classic drill sergeant, goes through, talks to everyone. Even my wife, who's not in the military, was like, 
she even said how come the captain and the sergeant that put them through training is now the ones that are deploying with them don't training establishments have their own staff that put people through training but no. not not in that not in world war ii not in world war ii so world war ii um a lot of the time the companies were raised holes and then went and then they deployed yeah, yeah. like that okay um, i'll take but, that back but i think we'll get that in post there was we're not going to do post apart from <laughs> if that if we don't get a sponsor by the time we record this show we're going to have an awkward moment for those listeners i thought there was an awkward moment about 11 minutes that's because we tried to do an ad but we may not have got our benefactor keep talking about vince Ford. anyway the thing i liked about vince Ford was when he threw that dodgeball oh, wrong no movie. wrong movie wrong okay. movie when he's when he's on the stretcher and he's firing his Thompson I, machine gun I've got written here Vince I wrote Vince Wagner because I was typing Vince Vaughn reverse shooting while being dragged and was the worst scene of the movie I have I think to say he, I think he killed scene. about 12 million people 12 million people whilst being dragged backwards the worst scene of the movie I think it needed to be done for movie purposes yeah I'm so curious yeah. on whether or not they actually did that. Um, no. I've actually got a soundboard sound for that. Okay. Um, but it, it, it's, it, was, it was horrible. But Vince Vaughn in a war movie can happen. Well, um, that's an ad. That's not my soundboard. Okay, anyway. so it was a Mel Gibson movie, and I think it's worth talking about. Good, good. Could have used that 28 minutes ago, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, but when I used the naval gunfire support, I should have said... Oh, good. That's an airstrike. <laughs> so, lots of Jesus references, lots of religious undertone. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of that. Um, when Desmond, you know, gets taken out, uh, he he's descending, which a lot of people wrote him, you know, him going down to that stretcher. Mm. Uh, first of all, where was that stretcher? <laughs> like, like that little stretcher pulley system? Like, could yeah. use that seventy-five people ago, but okay, <laughs> right. now they've got one. That's right. So instead, um, you just have to hook a really coarse and abrasive rope under their exactly. arms. Exactly. But when when Desmond's got that stretcher, it's a bit like him ascending to heaven. Yeah. A lot of Jesus references, and and, and there was just a bit too much, too thick for me, uh, especially towards the end. Um, but you know, one thing I really liked was when he said the quote. Um, when he just kept saying over and over again, please, Lord, help me get one more. Please, Lord, help me get one more. Yeah, yeah. Because that's directly from uh, Desmond's interview with him. That's what he said over yeah, and over yeah, again. And and to me, I was just like, finally, you know. And to me, that was the most interesting part of the movie was who was this human that would just went back and sacrificed and sacrificed and risked everything to save all these people. I, you know, I, I really enjoyed that part of the movie. But luckily for me, the, the ending of the movie was great. Um you, you, to me, I, I don't think I've met, watched many movies that start with a "this is based on a true story" and then finish with showing the actual people that the movie is about in reality talking about. No, what it's you just kind saw of like the. the um, I really love that. I really the Band love that. of Brothers when they yeah, did, you know, when the they clips. That final that, they're, they're the only yeah. other guys that tend to do it. Um, there's a lot of other films where that I think would have benefited people from doing that. Absolutely, and, and so you, you directors. Know, so get on it get on it listen to the podcast and get on it when you're not listening to this podcast but you know they talk to Desmond they talk to his brother they talk to the captain that he saved um, you know the captain that bullied him and then saved him yeah yeah man he's got some big regrets <laughs> yeah but you know it was like, this um, guy basically saved me from a grenade exactly The that really really brought it home for me That mm. I was just like okay you, Mel Gibson it's been an up and down journey a lot of downs a few ups but this final up you know sort of in aggregation made the movie a good movie for me I really yeah. enjoyed how that brought it home I don't I have a feeling not many people will enjoy that aspect of the movie yeah um, but uh, but I did 
So just cover your mic from the wind. Dude. The wind's blowing because we're outside. Yeah. Um, all right. So Mick, I'm going to ask you to rate this movie um, out of five. Ooh. Let's give it. We'll call them idiot points. How many idiot idiots. points? Out of five? Just call them idiots. Uh, I'll go first because I, I sprung this on you. Yeah. So when I take everything in aggregation, when I talk about the entire movie, I, I, I try to ignore that I built it up a little bit in my head. Research. Religious undertone. Did a pretty pre-search. Um, I'm going to give this movie four stars. Four out of five stars. Okay. Enjoyed it. I would watch it again. I'd recommend it. And I'm we're not lo- giving them stars. We're giving them idiots. Four, four idiots out of and five. And idiots are good. Idiots are good. Four idiots out of five. I would watch it again. Wasn't the best thing, but I, I truly enjoyed it. And I have a feeling that my bias sits with, I just love the story of Desmond Doss, um, this idiot uh, from the South who was one of the most amazing humans uh, of World War II for what he did uh, and saving all those lies. And it, it just fascinates me. So I think that that certainly was biased in my scoring. Mick. Okay. Well, I found this noise, which is a chainsaw, not a hacksaw. But I have that noise. And the chainsaw listeners. Ridge sequel to Hacksaw Ridge, coming um, in summer. I gave it four idiots as well, and the main reason I gave oh, it okay. four idiots was it's about time someone made a Pacific War movie. Mm. with as much uh, detail and homage Don't as what, what they've been making about World War II in Europe. In people, the European campaign. Yeah, yeah. People <laughs> often... Oh, that's a joke. Because me and Rich yeah. keep forgetting where the European campaign was fought. <laughs> but it's about time that the Pacific War got that sort of level of detail. Definitely agree. Um, so uh, I doff my hat, or doss my hat, whatever <laughs> you do with a hat, Desmond. to you, Mel. Oh yeah, Desmond, you did well by saving those dudes. <laughs> okay, so but look, no one would know about it for me. That no. is two fours, idiots out of five from uh, two of the highly acclaimed uh, movie war critics in the world, um, Mick and I. Yeah. Uh, and that was our review of Hacksaw Ridge. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have seen it, um, please write in. Tell us what you thought. If you haven't seen it. Uh, hopefully we haven't ruined it for you. It's kind of the movie that you, you kind of knew what was going to happen anyway, so I yeah. don't think we did. Especially um, if you pre-search. Especially if you pre-searched it. But uh, but it was a well-received movie. As you said, it got six Oscar nominations. It won probably the most important two, which was best sound mixing and best film editing. <laughs> and you know what? The sound mixing was one thing I didn't like in the film. Oh, my Hilarious. God. And, um, it, and yep. it, it, it made a lot of money. Uh, it, it's scoring very highly on Rotten Tomatoes. So... Go out there, see Hacksaw Ridge, do yourself a favour, get into the debate, um, and hope to enjoy yourself. So Mick, have we got any merchandise? We do have merchandise. Segway. We have awesome merchandise. Um, none of it related to Hacksaw Ridge, DTD, or Andy G, or Melly G. Oh, do you reckon they're brothers? Probably not. Last name's different. Anyway, we do have merchandise. What I want Andy, you to do... Andy, you're talking about the Australian Andrew G? No, that's Osh, Osher now. Okay. Oh, you changed his name. Because um, if you were, no one would know that. Andrew is. Garfield, like the the actor who played. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah okay, got it. Gotcha. Cool. Anyway, just Garfield the segue, really liked lasagna. He did. He also liked our Facebook page, War for Idiots. Boom! Mind brain blown. He doesn't follow our Twitter page, but Odie does. Because he has no thumbs. Uh, yeah, but Odie is a dog, and he's better. Um, so follow us on Twitter, War Numeral Four Idiots. And follow us on Facebook at War for Idiots. That's our page. Jump on there. You will see uh, our pinned posts, uh, links to our merchandise store. Just remember, we're trying to sell you overpriced merchandise to keep this show on the airways. So if you want to keep listening to these couple of idiots, buy our stuff and look like an idiot yourself. Do podcasts go on airways? 
Digital airways? Digital, is it? I don't think anything travels through the air anymore. Then why do we have satellites? Different airplanes. I suppose, I suppose, okay, I take that back. We'll get that in post. Get that in post. We don't do post. I hope you guys enjoyed our review of Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, tune in to our next episode where we'll be talking about something about war, I suppose. We probably will. And until next time, uh, this is Rich. And this is Mick. We are signing off. And remember... We may be idiots. But maybe so are you. War for Idiots is a TDP production. All opinions expressed by individuals on the podcast are those of the individual and not necessarily representative of any other organisation. The music used during War for Idiots is Fireworks by Jazar and is used under an attribution share alike 3.0 international licence.